Hi, this is Brittany Knaski, and you're listening to Casual Babble. Welcome to Casual Babble. Hey, it's your boy, BC Babble. This conversation could get a little Now, weird. I'm not trying to say that I'm a nerd, but we are definitely about to get our nerd on. So, this is Casual yeah. Babble. It's Saturday. Again. It's Saturday. <laughs> this is where I am today. And they behave the same way Monday through Friday, too. <laughs> Very spoiled. <laughs> All right, recording there, there, and there. I know that. Awesome. So, welcome, welcome, welcome. Hello, you beautiful individual. Welcome back to Casual Babble. It's BC Babbles, and in the studio today, I've got a very special guest. I met her through the network at Huga, where you know, of course, I am currently a member, and I'm so happy to have her in the studio. Please welcome Brittany Kanaski. Hi. Thank How you, you doing? <laughs> How you doing today? I love your facial expression as you say my last name, Kanaski. Yes, you nailed it. <laughs> growing as uh, growing up as somebody else who has a last name that's not always the easiest, I'm like, okay, let me make sure I'm putting effort into it. Make sure yes. I'm getting like the green light from the guest. Yes. So we're good. We're good. Nailed it. Awesome. <laughs> Appreciate it. And that's why my on-air name does not include my last name. <laughs> so Sorry. just like, don't worry about it. BCs. Yeah, just right. do BC. That's all you need. It's all good there. And it's funny. We have the same initials. I'm also BC. You are I BC too. Like, I don't know why I didn't realize it before now either. We're like BC squared today. Coming BC at you. BC squared. Yes. <laughs> Future episodes will have that little BC squared in the top if you are in the studio again right. yeah we'll get a logo it'll be yes. legit oh it's my god good. i'll make it like i do make every artwork for every episode so okay. i'm gonna like let's do like a little logo for okay. sure cool it'll be a whole series it's a whole thing well welcome to saturday thank you for being here on a saturday yes. how yes. was your week leading up to today easy week uh, it crappy was, week it was a good week good week good yeah. week i'm like Trying to think, you know, I feel like I might have blacked it out a little bit. I'm like trying to think of what happened, but understandable. I think it's generally been pretty good week. And yes, like a lot of good things, and yeah, meeting a lot of good people. Yeah, I think that's why I'm a, I'm a little slow this morning. Honestly, I was telling you, like, had to get the coffee in yeah. me a little bit earlier today. But I did a bunch of like networking events. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of Ooh, socializing yes. in person. And I I'm miss still, those. I know. I'm still like <sighs> readjusting to that post COVID, whatever we're yeah. in right now. Of like, oh seeing people in person, but it takes more out of me now. Right. So I'm like, <laughs> right. all right, I specifically didn't do anything last night, so I could be more energetic today. Get more I'm, reserves prepared. Yes, exactly. I'm an extroverted introvert, so I know I need my alone time to like recharge, so I have to like space out my social interactions. Balance <laughs> is very important to yes. be able to survive in this world. Like, yes. I don't think that can ever be understated. Yeah. So I'm honestly. happy that you are aware of that. I'm still figuring out my levels of introversy and extroversy. I'm not sure mm. those are, I'm not sure those are words, but... Sure. For the sake of the argument, we'll just use those words for now. <laughs> but yeah, I'm still figuring that out, and I don't have it. It's mm. it's it's a it's a process. It really like, is. How much can I give? How much do I need to sit back and take care of? Right. Like, yeah, and I try to like block my calendar specifically for that. Of like, see, I not should, doing too much. I, I should do things like that. I don't do that. It's so helpful because I love to say yes to everyone for everything and do all the things, and yeah. then like by two days or three days into it, I'm like, I cannot talk to another human being. I can't. <laughs> like, you don't want to talk to me. At that right. Point. So it's like, all right. Ease and do it mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. Now, do you use, prefer like organizing things via digital platforms, like digital calendars, digital memos, or like mm. physical things? Like you can touch, you can like flip the pages, you can write down on them. Yeah, I'm a combo. Okay. So I live by my Google calendar for, gotcha. for work and personal life. Like uh-huh. if, it's, if you want me to show up somewhere, like I need to put on my calendar or else I won't be there. Fair. But then, and that's like, you know, my weekly, monthly view. And then more on a day-to-day basis, I use a paper planner. So I like okay. to actually like write down my to-do list for the day and check things off and have that 
that sweet, sweet gratification of checking off my to-do list. <laughs> Man, the moment where you realize something's been taken care of and like you don't have to go back to it. You shouldn't have to go back to it, I will say. Sometimes True. things yeah. switch up on you. Mm-hmm. But it's been done. You don't have to think it you don't have to think about it anymore. It's such a gratifying feeling. But does that say something about how like the work world is nowadays where like it's such a gratifying moment to be able mm-hmm. to check something off or just scribble something out because it's finally done? Yeah, I'd say that's a great point. It really is. I think it's just our society. Like, yeah. I think it's Americans in mm-hmm. general. Like we thrive on achievement. And yes. We always have to prove that we're doing something. Mm-hmm. Like we have to be productive even on the weekends. We're like, oh, this, these yeah. are all the things I did this weekend. Mm-hmm. Or this is all the stuff that I got done in a day. And it's yes. like you brag about it. Like why? Right. Like, I like to brag about napping. <laughs> I'd be very jealous of someone who's able to brag about napping because yeah, like, I don't do it. <laughs> I'm such a good sleeper. Like, <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I brag about how quickly I fall asleep, how well I can nap. Okay, and, I'm starting yeah. to hate you. Let's uh, let's stop. You're you're right, one upping me topic. just a little too much this morning. Change the topic. Super right. green over here with envy. Like, granted, I can't. So, like, like, do you do like a planned nap thing? Like, do you? Mm. Will you block your? You you block yourself around mm. pretty much everything. But do you block the napping? Sometimes, but Sometimes. it's more like if I'm not feeling great that day or if I'm just tired or whatever yeah. it is, I will block my calendar for a few hours because mm-hmm. I don't know how long the, the nap might be. Yeah. So I'm just like, well, here we go. I'm out for the day. But if, if I had like a client call or something, I'm not going to nap because I ah, obviously want to show up for my clients. <laughs> yeah, I need right. to show up for them. So it's it's a selective napping, but definitely on the weekends, like usually Saturdays like are my, right. my horizontal yeah. days where I need to get a nap in. I need mm-hmm. to be a little lazy. And I can socialize a little bit. Gotcha. See, I have zero control over my napping. Like it's and it usually hits me. I don't ask for it. It hits me when I'm supposed to be productive. Like especially during the week where I'm supposed to be producing an episode, mm. I'll get home typically around six thirty ish because I get up at five thirty, mm. um, and then I'll sit on my bed and then I wake up at one thirty in the morning. It's like oh. <laughs> I told my guests this would be live today. Yeah. Well, here comes excuse number two. <laughs> I never get it done on time, which I hate. Um, but mm. yeah, I, I'll. And it could just be that my bed's too comfortable. I got like I got plush Ooh. blankets. Yeah. Because plush blankets aren't the shit. Ooh. I don't know if you have like a. I don't know if like I people don't. who are not aware of plush blankets, but they are really something. It's like else. the really really fuzzy. Mm. Mm. Like I don't know if velvety is the right word because I don't think it's t- is it technically velvet? Maybe velvet mm. a little bit. Well, okay. no, no, no. Velvet's not like soup like super soft, but it's like very like. Flat. Very flat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The plush is, but plush like, is the... like you can kind of run your fingers through it a little bit. Okay. Like, like grass, like, but not grass. Like half the height of your fingers is about is, okay. is like plush blankets. But mm. yeah, I hit the bed <laughs> and I'm out for five hours and it's yeah. really counterproductive and counterintuitive because I like to try to be I'm trying to work on my consistency. So mm. it's like, <laughs> BC, what the hell? <laughs> what are you doing to me? Like, I know you've been sitting in a chair all day, but just sit in the chair for like two more hours yeah. and you can actually go to sleep. Feeling accomplished right. for, for the you can, evening. You can check it off. There you go. <laughs> and it's not even that I missed dinner. It's that damn it, I didn't produce my episode, mm. and I have people who are wanting to either hear themselves or see themselves on YouTube. It's like, mm. oh, sorry, <laughs> sorry. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> Try again. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Hey, manager, can you make sure my work days are not crappy so I can go home and be productive? <laughs> yes. I try to help me. I should be productive at work too, but it doesn't always happen that way. Mm. Yeah, I can't always control it. You really can't. And that probably is a whole other issue that requires its own conversation, to be honest. But yeah. mm-hmm. uh, today, I'm trying to make Saturday about you. Oh. So let's make it about Brittany. Oh. <laughs> That's why you're here. <laughs> so you are currently, and you've had a t- several different labels to your name or titles to your name in the past, but currently... 
you are a speaker, you're a coach, and the founder of Hello Velocity. Yes. So tell us about Veloc- Hello Velocity. It's it's kind of core statement. It's angle, not angle. That sounds suspicious, but like it's <laughs> the avenue that it's on and, and mm. what it strives to accomplish mm. on the day to day. Yeah. So, yeah, my core mission is really empowering ambitious millennials to Mm -hmm. accelerate their goals. So I love talking about big, scary life goals with people and creating like a safe space for them to actually say them out loud for the first Mm -hmm. time. Like that's one of my favorite things is when people say to me, oh, my God, I never said that out loud. Like this is crazy. Like say a goal out loud? Yeah, saying something like, oh, my God, I've never said that out loud. It's something I've always dreamt of, but never felt okay to even take it seriously. Mm -hmm. So it's creating that space for people and helping them first uncover maybe what those goals are. Again, creating that safe space to be able to be like dig a little bit deeper than maybe what they Uh do on a day-to-day basis and then figure out how to accelerate them on their own terms. Right. So you're hired. Yeah. You're hired. (laughs) You're hired. Look at that. There we go. So what do you find? So I guess it's it's almost kind of crazy to think that someone can have such a block when it comes Mm -hmm. to simply verbalizing a goal. Mm -hmm. And you'd think that, well, goals are just like, well, I just want to do this, do that. But I guess when it comes to like what one wants to kind of craft their life as, Mm -hmm. what do you find is typically constitutes that block for somebody that you work with? Yeah, for the most part, it's a lot of people are used to making goals on the surface level. Yeah. And it's usually very like externally based. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. based on how you were raised, like what your family and friends think of you and, you know, talk to you about what you soak up from media and what feels maybe like a safe route. Yeah. So, so a lot of it and, and why I focus on millennials, especially because I feel like we're in this like interesting middle ground between like the baby boomers who are very traditional mm-hmm. American dream. Yep. I'm going to yep, use yep. air quotes a lot. American dream. American like, dream, yeah. Okay, you go to college, you get a good job, you get married, have two kids. Uh-huh. You better save up so that you can retire and then maybe have a little bit of fun. Right. And now as millennials, I feel like we're starting to challenge that and be like, wait, I don't want to have the same job for 30, 40 years. Right. Like, yeah. That sounds miserable. Uh-huh. And I don't know what it is that I want to do. So it's helping them figure out it's okay mm-hmm. to do something different. It's right. okay to not go on that normal path. And then- yeah. Now we're seeing Gen Z just completely blow the lid off. Yeah, that they're like, they're "What is the like, structure?" Yeah, like, why would I go to college? Why would <laughs> exactly. I spend fifty thousand dollars for mm-hmm. four years and then get a different job that doesn't even apply to what yeah. I learned? It's a legitimate <laughs> question too. I mean, for for the most part, I came out with a broadcasting and electronic media, um, well, broadcasting, heavy radio broadcasting uh, degree, and I really haven't gotten to do any radio in like the seven years I've been out of college. So it's like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fair question. Very fair question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, when you uh, talk about like service level and how most of the goals are kind of set there, do the, does that also um, imply or in uh, involve like there's not a lot of kind of planning out as well that kind of keeps them from wanting to uh, officially kind of enunciate what they ultimately want to be seeing with their lives or mm. how does that, what other kind of layers are there to yeah, that? Yeah, I can see that too. It is... The other, the other piece that's coming to mind with the externally based goals is a lot of it is like you want to be able to say you did the thing. Yeah. Or like you want to achieve, again, going back to that conversation, like everyone right. wants to achieve. Like for me at one point, it was like, I just want this title on LinkedIn to say, oh, I'm a director and, like, right. you know, kind of brag about it or whatever it is. And a lot of people have those goals. But when it's based on something like that, like you're just trying to prove a point or you're just trying to kind of show off or you're just, you know, again, externally based for other people and it's not for you, then right. you're, you're not 
as excited to go after it. Mm-hmm. So you're not creating those plans. You're not actually motivated on a day-to-day basis. It's right. very reactionary instead of proactive. Now, alternatively, with working with millennials and, and kind of working with their um, their goals, have you come across um, a number of them that are superbly outspoken about it, who mm-hmm. have either kind of done that work previously to engaging with you or who just have the filter? <laughs> essentially have no filter, have no filter yeah. when it comes to their goals and, and what they um, conceive to be what they what their ultimate uh, aspirations are yeah yeah it's interesting because I do get the other end of the spectrum where it's more the overachievers and perfectionists who have the big goals and they're, they come in like guns blazing like yeah. here's what I want to do like we're going to do this this and this and they're like telling me how it's going to go which mm-hmm. which is fine you have a plan like let's yeah. do it so then what we end up working on is more that deeper work of like, hey, how are you going to take care of you while you're doing all this? Sure, yeah. Because that's how we're going to actually get there in a way that's more exciting uh-huh. instead of, for, for these people, they're typically used to the burnout and they're just go, 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 go. Mm. They're doing all the things for everyone around them. They're doing all the things for these exciting, you know, scary goals they have for themselves, sure. but then they're not actually slowing down and taking care of themselves. Mm. So they're not enjoying the process along the way. Yeah. So traditionally they could get their goals done on their own, but not in a way that's actually sustainable. In yeah. The term. Gotcha. So there's, there seems to be quite a bit of like psychology that goes into your, your work with um being this um this life coach for millennials and i was working up to a question there <laughs> that train found a different set of tracks and where that one's going i'm not sure anymore um it'll loop back around. it'll loop back around at some point i think i think i was gonna go for like so w- when you say like if you were to like label different elements of your work and kind of different um, focuses that you balance out, like between business management, kind of the psychology of being an entrepreneur, um, and uh, I guess goal planning. Um, hmm. Yeah, let's try to come back at some other point. So, <laughs> okay, let's let's step back into you. We'll wait for that train to fully loop around because. It's not listening to my calls. So um, prior to Hello Velocity, kind of what built you into it? So I, you were um, a marketing consultant, um, freelance work recently. You also done um, work with uh, Catalina USA. Um, so what w- triggered the thought, I want to help people craft and maneuver themselves in a healthy way th- to their goals? Mm. And then what was your process in cultivating that uh, brand that kind of uh, imaging for yourself and then launching it. Yeah, so it started a few few years ago when I had my quarter life crisis. Uh huh. As most millennials have at some point in their lives, usually late twenties ish. I was like twenty seven at the time. Oh, okay. I just turned twenty nine, so <laughs> I'm not sure if I've had it yet. But go on. Countdown is on. Countdown, Jesus. <laughs> clock is ticking. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So I was in corporate America. I was doing marketing and I was actually in the food industry, which is what my major was. Uh It was business with concentration marketing and food industry strategy. Super specific. Actually landed the job that, I mean, a few years out of school, I landed a job in my field, Mm -hmm. was doing great, was good at it, was getting promoted, was working remotely at the time before COVID. So Uh everyone was jealous of me. Like, oh my gosh, your life's great. You work remotely, you get paid (laughs) well. Like you're doing all this cool stuff you actually wanted to do. Yeah. So I'm like, had the dream quote unquote of what I, you know, checking all the boxes of what I wanted to do and what I was supposed to be doing. And just woke up one day, you know, as cliche as it sounds and just like 
do I really want to do this the rest uh-huh. of my life? Like, is this really my life now? Forever? Ain't that a bitch too? Yeah, like, <laughs> like wait, you were so it? settled and like yeah. brain decided mm, mm, new path time. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Different really? lifetime. No, let, let's do more. So, I, but then, you know, you have the frustration of like, this is, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. Like, how am I not grateful for this? Right. Like, you feel kind of guilty of like, why would I want anything more? This is a great life. And then I didn't know what to do about it. So mm-hmm. I kind of struggled with it for a few months. And then I met a life coach here in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. She was a yoga teacher. I'd gone to her class. Okay, cool. And was following her on Instagram. And she started posting about coaching. And I'm like, this is interesting. Yeah. Like, what the hell is a life coach? Right. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. But I, you know, trusted her and we had a conversation and it just blew my mind. Just our first conversation. Some of the questions she was asking so I worked with her for four months and learned so much about myself and like what motivates me, what makes me unique as a person, yeah. and how I think differently than other people. And it helped me to not only change, you know, how I show up at work, but in personal relationships, both like romantic, family, friends, mm-hmm. everything. I took on new like side passion projects mm-hmm. and hobbies and things just for fun. Started like new savings accounts for travel, which is like my number one passion that, that kind of like came out through that process. So yeah. long story short, loved the process, uh-huh. was obsessed with everything I was learning about myself uh-huh. and realized by the end, huh, if I could help one person the way she helped me, that would be more fulfilling than anything I could ever do in corporate America. Yeah. So I started a year long coach training program and learned so much more mm-hmm. of course and like got really deep with myself learning about myself and then tools that I could use with clients yeah like how to build a business essentially mm-hmm. doing this and yeah then that was 2019 I started that and it went into 2020 with COVID so uh-huh. I just started officially launched my business like February 2020 mm-hmm. I did my first in-person workshop March 10th 2020 yeah. and then the very next day COVID was declared a global pandemic yeah yeah and we were all like wait what does that mean and everyone went to the grocery store and bought toilet paper and <laughs> oh my god I forgot that? about that <laughs> oh my god I had to go to like sketchy parts of different towns I'd never been to before just to make yeah. sure my family had just like the next week taken care of like yeah. what's going on <laughs> Like granted, I was not one of them people like filling up the cart with just toilet paper. Like, um, yeah. like I get it, we're scared, but let's <laughs> let's be a little selfless out here, right? Like, and I think there were like pictures going around of like elderly people like trying to find like the basics, and there was nothing on the shelves. I'm yeah. like, I hope whoever was responsible for that sees this picture, <laughs> right? That's horrible. Such a bizarre time. But yeah, weird. Yeah, weird timing. <laughs> I, I t- definitely identify with that weird timing. Yeah, yeah. Now, now I know it is you know divine timing or all of that because yeah. Because of COVID, that also, you know, I, I took a few months to kind of figure out, you know, what the hell is going on in the world. Sure, yeah. And take care of myself and my family and all of that. But then, you know, a few months into it, my day job was getting really busy. And I don't know, I just realized, like, people need this work more now than ever because of COVID. We had, a lot of people had more time to kind of have that self-reflection. Sure, you know? yeah. You're, like, at home more, you're questioning life, you're yeah. questioning everything, you're like, oh my god, life is short, like, is mm-hmm. this really what I'm doing with the rest of my life? Right. So that's when I decided I had to quit my day job and go all in on this and yeah. see what could happen. So I left my day job October 2020 and have been going at it full force ever since. So we'll talk about, I mean, there had to have been certain levels of, like, what-ifs. Mm. that were plaguing you when you were <laughs> approaching that decision. So mm-hmm. talk about, I guess, some of the more significant what-ifs that you had, you know, you're contemplating, um, what it felt like to finally make that leap, and then how you just approached um, addressing those what-ifs, encountering them with, I guess, the either the res- 
responses. I don't know if that's the right word or just like the antithesis of those what ifs. Mm. How, how was that looking for you? Yeah, I'd say the biggest what if, of course, when quitting your job to pursue your business is what if it fails? Uh-huh. Literally what right. would happen? So and, and that's a tool I'd learned. I think it was from Tim, one of Tim Ferriss's books. He, OK, I think it. Yeah, I think it was his, but he says to like, okay, when it comes to worst case scenarios, write them all out, write what would actually happen, like worst case scenario, what do you think would happen, mm-hmm. and then what what could you do in that situation? So gotcha. I essentially did that, which was very helpful, because usually when you're just letting it swirl in your head, you're, you're just like stressing yourself out more, and yeah. you're not addressing like what would happen. So for me, what if my business failed, it would be, you know, my... Swirling in my head ideas like, oh, my God, I'm going to be homeless. I'm literally going to be living in a cardboard box on the street. Yeah. And then I stopped and thought, OK, well, I actually live with my fiance or boyfriend at the time. And so I had that conversation with him like, OK, financially, like if I'm not na- making enough money to split rent and groceries, whatever, like what would that look like? So we had that conversation of like if he's willing to support me financially. And then, of course, my other like backup plan is like if that relationship didn't work out right. and my parents live 30 minutes away, I'm like, I could move in with them and it'd be okay. So like actually playing out those scenarios Mm -hmm. helped a ton to just be like, it would be okay. Right. Like I'm not literally going to live in a cardboard box. Because I I guess otherwise leaving it up to just the what ifs and like not considering the details probably makes it a lot scarier. Yeah, exactly. And you you leave yourself unprepared otherwise. Right. What other uh, what ifs do you think were like, so that one seems to have been like started one here and it kind of like trickled out by itself (laughs) to several different scenarios. What other, uh, so I guess as far as like, okay, did you even have like a what if this works? Mm. And like, okay, it's, it's I'm starting to see traction, mm. movement. Okay, how do I take this positive and do you plan it out? Do you just keep running until there's like more of a, a buildup of positive in regards to either traction, income, or um, I guess awareness of the brand? Mm. And then you start to like invest that, I guess, good faith or that accumulated positive <laughs> if that makes any sense at all and Kinda. my brain was like i think this makes sense go with it bc and then it comes out and it's like what are you talking about <laughs> use words bro it's saturday i've not had coffee yet so mm. you're running with bare minimum bc right now <laughs> so, but yeah like did you ever have did you have like along with the negative what ifs like a what if okay this starts to work what, mm. what do i do then what do i plan yeah it's funny because what comes to mind is I didn't have that for the longest time. Uh-huh. Like I'm just getting that now. Oh, really? Two okay. years into it. Is Realistic, like, yes. I, I mean, I guess I've had it like sprinkled throughout the uh-huh. time, but it's more starting to be like, what if it what if it does work? But then it goes into worst case scenario of what if it does work? Sure, so, yeah. Like, people, a lot of it at the beginning was like, people are going to judge me. Like no one or a lot. A lot of people don't not necessarily understand what a life coach is. So sure, a lot of yeah. people judge that term to begin with. Um, and then I, I do a lot of speaking events too. So there's that of like getting in the limelight is becoming my next, like, what if it works? And I actually become a little like Insta famous or you sure. know, get a lot of followers right. from doing speaking gigs. And then I'm sort of like on a pedestal and like, mm-hmm. oh, you can't say anything wrong because then you'll get canceled. Mm, That's the next right. version of like cancel culture. Yeah. What if I do well? And then it's all taken away. Right. Yeah. And then, oh man, the, the idea of like how something can just so immediately be like, mm-hmm. poof, magician smoke bomb gone. Yeah. So, so would you say now in regards to like the concern of like, um, having this kind of platform built up socially, uh, did you take particular steps to establish to establish yourself in a way where 
nothing from you ever really seemed out of pocket or like it would it would take a like a certain level of extraneous engagements to seem out of pocket for you so that if something did occur either with a public speaking moment or just a, a engagement moment with um someone you were working with to where there was like no backlash did that make sense Probably not. Not exactly. Can not you, exactly. Can you try yes. again? <laughs> so, so talking about like you uh, be like if you like acquired a lot of social engagement and kind of uh, again placed yourself on that pedestal or like mm. the engagement place, placed you on a pedestal. Um, maybe the better version for this is so when talking to a client of yours about um, how to establish themselves, do you discuss and if from your personal experience discuss how to structure your boundaries as far as the way you present the way that you present yourself the way they present themselves so Mm -hmm. that people understand what to expect from somebody Mm -hmm. or do you kind of leave those boundaries for kind of interpretation yeah that is a good question i think it's a little bit of both like Mm -hmm. i think a lot of it is trusting yourself in the moment too of like what do you really need especially when it comes to sharing online Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of pressure to share everything. Right. Like yeah. I think we're in such a society that people are literally now recording. Mm-hmm. I, f- I feel like all the the video trends right now on TikTok are like, as you're putting your makeup on in the morning, mm-hmm. like let's talk about something important. I'm yeah. like, that puts way too much pressure on me. First right. Of all, I don't do much makeup, so I, same, <laughs> same. So I'm like, I don't know. I, I don't want to be that personal with mm-hmm. my life. Like I need those boundaries personally. Sure. Again, yeah. Being an ex- extroverted introvert, like mm-hmm. I can't do too much of like my personal time because I need that bubble. Right. A little bit still. So I think it's knowing what works best for you and knowing like on a day-to-day basis, like, hey, I just can't show up on video today or, hey, I can't show up, whatever it is, like meet yourself where you're at. Yeah. But a good way to set up those boundaries or, or kind of check in with yourself, I always tell people is being really clear on your values and mm-hmm. using those as a place for making decisions, mm-hmm. <clears throat> no matter if that's social media, if that's on a day-to-day basis, like at work. That's that's my number one recommendation I always give to people is mm-hmm. like being super clear what your values are and then using those to make decisions, especially when you're not sure what to do. Gotcha. So if it <clears throat> if it comes to <clears throat> excuse me. You're good. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to yeah, showing up on social media and you're like, Okay, why am I actually doing this? Is mm-hmm. it reactive to something else going on? Like there's a big trend or like I feel pressured to do this. Right. Or is it something inside me that I really want to share and it's like aligned with my values and what's most important to me? Gotcha. And do you believe in more of kind of like an immediate response or like, okay, let's plan out the response, let's make sure it's cultivated in the right message response? Yeah, I think it depends again on the person, but yeah. especially as like business owners, I think you really have to stop and think about it and mm-hmm. again, make sure it's aligned with your values. And that that's one of the biggest things I've struggled with over the last few years is mm-hmm. there's so many big social movements that we're in the midst of and right. so many big news items coming out and, and people are reacting so quickly on social media and make, mm-hmm. making an opinion made and like resharing stuff even in your Instagram stories. I'm like, I try to think of it from my business lens of, okay, I need to actually do the research and make Mm -hmm. sure this is a reputable source. I need to make sure that I fully agree with what is happening, you know, on either side or whatever it is. Or so for me, instead of doing a lot of that, of like sharing like a straight up opinion on something or resharing something someone else shared, I tend to, again, align with my own personal values and my business values is to help people navigate those difficult times when there's a big news story or the social movement going on. It's like, yeah. hey, how are you checking in with you right now? Right. 
like shit is hitting the fan. Mm-hmm. Like life is kind of crazy. Like, yeah. can you slow down and take a few minutes for you instead of continuing to swipe down the like doom spiral of mm-hmm. Instagram? So like for me, that's how I show up differently and in align with my values instead of like feeding into the yeah. monster sometimes. It's mm-hmm. like, no, let's all just like take a beat. Right, <laughs> like, right. Let's take a deep breath. People don't realize how slippery those slopes are. Like those things are greased and mm. you're wearing slippers. <laughs> you're <laughs> yeah. going you know, you're going to go down fast. Yeah. You're going to find yourself on a side of TikTok that you did not want to be on. Right. Like yeah. in the way those algorithms work, I feel like those algorithms work too well to get you on the side of TikTok you don't want to be on <laughs> and then take too long to get you off. Right. It's like, it's oops, just, you stepped your toe in it. Now you're infected. Sorry. Right. It really is. A Enjoy your life. spiral. Of like, <laughs> it's like a so slide. bad. Oh my gosh! Really. So, and let's head into Hello Philosophy, which is which is your work, your your coaching work here. Um, and you have a, and if you do want to check out Brittany's you know, work, swing over to HelloVelocity.co. It's really awesome. It's a really great vibe for the website. I love it. Where do you. you make this on? Squarespace. Oh, I need to go back to Squarespace. Yeah, I'm trying it. to make Wix work with their new Editor X, but it's like, mm, I don't know if it's the vibe oh. I want. Yeah, I haven't heard any good things about Wix, to be <laughs> honest with you. I really don't. And I work <laughs> with a lot of people um, people who actually come into where I work when they've had previous Wix sites. And I've seen them, I'm like, okay, yeah, okay, we'll work with you. We'll make you a new site. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, tr- I'm trying to make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, but... So your three main services that you mentioned are the level up goals, the coaching and the speaking, mm-hmm. which one would you say people find you for most and are like wanting to kind of get in your purview for most? Mm. Probably the challenge, <clears throat> the level up your goals challenge. Do it. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Let's get into it. So that one is definitely, I like it because it's such a like bite size yeah. example of coaching and it's like very the purpose behind it too is just to make it more accessible, mm-hmm. like to make this work accessible to anyone, anywhere at like a fraction of a cost of what it would look like working with me one-on-one. So sure. it's taking all my one-on-one coaching learnings and I essentially built an online course, but I call it a challenge because I like that it's it's a four-week program and it's really challenging yourself for people who are early in maybe the self-development process to dedicate time to themselves mm-hmm. every single week for four weeks. So that's gotcha. the challenge where people often will sign up for stuff like this and then they either never touch it or they touch it once or twice mm-hmm. and they don't follow through on it. So gotcha. I like I like the term challenge of like, okay, mm-hmm. let's step up and let's like actually do it and follow yeah. through on it instead of just saying you're going to do it where a lot of people just like rack up online courses and never finish them. So would you say this is kind of more like also a, a, not only a challenge in the sense of here are these different points to dedicate to yourself within this time frame, but also it's like, okay, if you make it through this challenge, you probably have what you what it will take for you to really dedicate yourself to this work that you yeah. want to do. Yeah, it's like starting a new habit, so challenging yourself to do that time, but then mm-hmm. to help help it stick over time. Yeah. And the other cool thing about the the challenge is that by the fourth week you're actually making a plan for your goals yeah so you'll have that plan to actually move forward with and mm-hmm. continue the movement afterwards and it's not just a f- four week only thing it's yeah like something you're setting yourself up in these four weeks and mm-hmm. then you can run with it through the rest of the year honestly gotcha it's a foundation layer yeah essentially and you said so it works best for people who are uh earlier in that development process for um for their platforms essentially yeah yeah usually it's that um usually it's people who maybe have a bunch of goals they don't know like where to focus or how to prioritize or they're not even sure exactly what their goals are this will help you kind of take that take those you know minutes and time to actually like slow down reflect Mm -hmm. what works what doesn't work and like 
like we talked about earlier, like the shallow versus going a little bit deeper yeah, yeah. with your goals. It helps you like think about goals in a completely different way than you probably ever have right. in a way to inspire you to do new things that you probably hadn't thought of. Nice. So, very yeah, nice. it's very cool. And so how does that look transitioning from the challenge? Okay, I've gone through the challenge. I have these new practices that I feel are strong and established. I'm dedicating my thoughts and my physical energy into making these goals seem more feasible for myself. How does that then transition into taking you on as a full-time coach? Hmm. Yeah. So usually I recommend people do like a free call with me after the challenge. So I'll do like a free 60 minute call called a life goals roadmap call Mm -hmm. where we actually dig into these goals a little more specifically and you get some of that coaching experience in the moment to see what it feels like to work with me and to get value on that call of, hey, like, let's dig into these goals. Let's go a little bit deeper on, you know, what's usually getting in your way. Mm-hmm. And like, how does that pattern usually show up in your life? Yeah. Both for these goals and maybe other areas of your life you hadn't thought of. That's always one of my favorite juicy yeah. nuggets we get from people is like they always a lot of people come in thinking, you know, they're stuck in work or something, something work related. And then when we start talking about it, they realize, oh, I do this, you know, in relationships. I do mm-hmm. this in my finances, like all oh, these other areas. And okay. it's, it's a lot of pattern identifying is yeah. what I'm doing with people, which is, it's very, very interesting. And I, I love that. I'm like, you know, give me the juice. Yeah, like, let's the get the in there. <laughs> so do you find that these kind of um, counterintuitive patterns are more often than not existing in multiple facets of someone's life and they're not necessarily just at one? Oh, yeah. Almost <clears> always. It's like the the one phrase I love to use in speaking events and with clients is like how you do one thing is how you do all things uh-huh. <laughs> whether or not you're ready to admit it or right. see it and that's the benefit of a coach is that I can see these things a lot easier mm-hmm. than you can see on yourself because you've also usually done these habits your whole life mm-hmm. and they're just so ingrained in you they're very automatic and you don't necessarily see those patterns gotcha and do you find it's more people either aren't willing to admit it and they're aware of it or that they are oblivious to it it's both. It's both. a combination. Yeah. Both or, strong or, combination. It could be like selective seeing it, like, oh, I only see it in work or whatever. Uh-huh. Or I only see it in romantic relationships. And, gotcha. then, and then I start digging around asking other questions and they're like, uh oh. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> uh oh. Like, uh-huh. Oh man, damn you, Brittany. Are you sure this is me? <laughs> yeah. This is somebody else. This is Jeff yeah. from across the street. Yeah, yeah. Damn. Not me. <laughs> so how long can that initial call take with you when the the initial coach call? The uh, goals ma- mapping call? Life goals, red map call. Life goals, red map call. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do 60 minutes with people. 60 minutes, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Yeah, I mean, it, it could be all day, honestly. It could be, if we, gotcha. If I wanted, and if we all wanted, but. If we, if we all wanted. <laughs> if we were all consensual. All parties concerned, <laughs> yes, we can do an extended call. Uh, yeah, but that probably wouldn't be great for my business to just, you know. Yeah, yeah. Give away free stuff for hours and hours. So. Fair enough. As much as I would love to. For everyone, um, I have to run a business as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very fair, very fair. So, again, hellovelocity.co. Let's check it out. Um, do the challenge. I might do the challenge to be very, very honest. That seems very, very intriguing. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely big around the new year too. That's when I I used to just launch it live around the new year and Mm -hmm. get a bunch of people and we'll do like group calls. So I'll probably do that again this year Mm -hmm. to get like a group of people doing it at once. But now it's also live on the website to do whenever people need it, which is nice. Gotcha. Trying to be more accessible, Mm -hmm. approachable, like meet people where they're at. Nice. Very nice. Uh, Damn it. (laughs) The train. The train. It's not even the same train. I'm still waiting for that first train to come back. Mm. Uh, this is probably one of my patterns. <laughs> <laughs> 
And that keeps me locked in a particular position. Let's talk more about this. Let's talk more about this. Dang it. Oh Dang my it, God. Brittany. So then once you have that initial call um, uh, and you've and someone's been like, okay, let's do this. I want to engage with you. I want you to kind of help me um, make sure I'm meeting the different points on this map that we've discussed. Um, do you prefer doing in person? Do you prefer like meeting up somewhere? Um, like what is your preferred go-to coaching style mm. when you've got someone kind of locked in with you and I don't want to, well, maybe not locked in. That seems suspicious, but like they've agreed to like, okay, I want to engage with you. I want to like connect with you and I want to help. I want to provide you the opportunity to help me fix my shit. <laughs> <laughs> What's your preferred method of like, uh, Kind of, do you do like monthly or weekly meetups once you have a client? Yeah, I do twice a month. Twice a month, right gotcha. now. So I do like six month packages with people. Okay. So it's it's definitely a long term engagement. Yeah. Because it is again those automatic behaviors mm-hmm. are pretty pesky because you've yeah. really done them your whole life. So we need that time to really dissect them mm-hmm. and kind of put you back together a little bit mm-hmm. of like let's like break it break everything down, analyze it, and look at it from all these different angles, and then like redesign how you want it to go and map out more mm-hmm. long-term goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's twice a month uh, for six months and I do mostly virtual. I was gotcha. expecting to do more in person, but again, that was March, 2020 and then everything Fair quickly enough. changed. Um, but it's been kind of exciting too, because now I have clients like all over, which is like, Oh, the, nice. Yeah. So I appreciate doing virtual and it's been nice too, because I, I type notes while I'm on calls uh, mm-hmm. with people. So it's, easier obviously to keep track of what they're saying and reflect it back to them um and i can share the notes with the clients as needed and then yeah in person i feel like it's a little rude to be typing or you know it's Mm -hmm. distracting to be typing in person so it actually has worked out better to do virtual right and yeah and that just made me think too of like the first person who bought the challenge when i converted it on my website to Mm -hmm. now be it's like on a thinkific platform so Mm -hmm. a course platform she was in australia like, nice. What? That is so cool. That's that, insane. Like, what is that time matchup like? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. We got on a call after she did it and it was very difficult to figure out the time time zone. It was like 6.30 PM. My time was the next morning, 8 AM for her Ooh, the next day. I'm okay. Like, so so like how 14 hours ahead? Yeah. Ooh. Like how's Tuesday? How's Tuesday so far? What can I expect? Yeah. (laughs) What happens tomorrow? Let me know. Let me know. Like, what news do you already have? Yeah. Let's be honest. Let's like you should. I'm just. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna like suggest uh, gambling. But um, (laughs) (laughs) so when it comes to like breaking down habits, um, do you use like a yardstick or a spray bottle? I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) So what is so what is your approach? Are you very kind of like you want to kind of prompt the client to see not only see, but then direct their energies on breaking down the habits or are you very forward? Like this is the bad habit. Mm. Fix it. (laughs) (laughs) I want you to fix it. (laughs) Right. Um, I'd say more the former. So my training style as a coach was that I'm not necessarily telling people what to do. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not, giving advice necessarily. I'm not mm-hmm. solving their problems. I'm just here to ask questions yeah. and be like curious and explore and like reflect back to them. Like, Hey, I noticed you're doing this thing over yeah. here, but you say you want this thing way over here yeah. and you keep doing this thing that's moving you further in the opposite direction. Like mm-hmm. what's that about? Right. Like what's, what are you getting from this situation that has you addicted to it or, you mm-hmm. know, whatever the pattern is. And then again, like dissecting it. So like getting curious about it. And then it's like, okay, so do you, do you really want this thing over here? And you know, usually it's yes. It's like, okay, then how are we actually going to get there? Like, what do you have Mm -hmm. to interrupt over here? 
in order to get closer that way. And it's a very gradual usually of like, because most of the times when people try to do this on their own, it's like one extreme to the other. They're like, oh, I'm going to go from not working out at all to go five days a week into a gym. And, you know, I'm going to go all the time and I'm going to lose 20 pounds in two weeks. And it's like, no, you're not. Like, that's just not realistic. Yeah. So let's let's ease into it and like meet you where you're at and then map it out over time to like right. gra- gradually change the habit instead, gotcha. of, instead of the all or nothing like most people like to do. Mm. And you mentioned earlier um, that you've worked with a lot of millennials who are so used to putting their all into these goals, but to a fault because they're not taking care of themselves. So what do you find is kind of the typical or main struggle when you're trying to help them refocus on, okay, let's take all this 100% dedication over here and let's re-delegate it to, again, maintaining yourself a bit more, Mm. but still keeping that focus. Mm. Yeah, I think the biggest struggle for most people is just prioritizing themselves. Mm -hmm. They're so used to prioritizing work for the most part or other people, and they don't want to disappoint anyone. Sure, I think that's yeah. a lot of it that comes in is like they don't want to disappoint their boss. So they're always answering emails, always answering calls, like mm-hmm. all the things. They don't have those boundaries. Yeah. So that's the main thing to learn is how to prioritize yourself and your well-being as a form of accelerating your goals, honestly. Like right. some people think just doing, doing, doing is what's going to get you there. Mm-hmm. But again, that's when you burn out and then you have to take mm-hmm. time off and you're like slowing yourself down in a different way. So how do we like have that base and foundation to take care of yourself so you have more energy to do the things and also probably do them better than you would if you're just like right. in burnout mode all the time. Oh man, I'm definitely guilty of having of having my work email notifications on during the weekend. Oh my gosh. I no. need to not do that. You shouldn't even have work notifications <laughs> on, on your phone at all. Turn them off, turn them man, off. Man, and I'll be it. like I'll be like fully conversing like with um so like if there's a reason for one of my clients to want to kind of bring the services to an end. I'll be here from the person who sold them their package. Right. And I'll be the one who's like during my lunch break, like mm-hmm. I'll get, we use teams a lot at work and I'll just be the one chatting on teams. Cause I've heard from them and I should be focusing on my salad, mm-hmm. but I'm not, I'm over here like, well, the call went really, really well. I'm not sure what happened between mm-hmm. then and 45 minutes, but, um, and they're like, BC, get off. You're like, my manager will be like, get off your phone. Mm. get off your phone and yeah. don't ask me about it because i'm on lunch too <laughs> <laughs> right stop because i'll try to have these like work questions like while we're in the middle of like stuffing our faces with pizza and be like yeah who no no, no. no. <laughs> we're not doing that <laughs> we're not doing that today yeah at least your manager recognizes it and yeah you know doesn't feed into it right <laughs> i'm such an <laughs> asshole for doing that <laughs> no oh man it's and it's hard too like it's just like and again i'm, I'm greener to the job so it's like i want to make sure i establish myself as as productive as possible and i guess part of me is like well if i do this while i'm at lunch or while i'm at home on a saturday it'll mean a lot but at the same Mm -hmm. time it's like i get in and i'll I'll let my manager know hey uh so on saturday i was like if you say that you did anything work related on saturday i think i will hit you yeah (laughs) he doesn't say that but like it like that's like that's the mindset like bc like stop enough (laughs) like enough it's not good for you yeah um but do you find that it's it's so when it's come to a client who's who's not working for themselves, but if they're working for a higher a bigger company like that, and they're like, if their concern is that if they don't do these kind of extra mile things because they want to establish themselves to upper people in their company, how do you how would you go about reorienting that? 
Yeah, and I, I definitely see this all the time. And people, especially, you know, young professionals early in their careers, they mm-hmm. want to go above and beyond. They want to, you know, please everyone. Mm-hmm. They want to prove like, yeah, I can do this. I can do everything. But that's the slippery slope is right. that you're doing everything all the time and you take on too much usually. And it's like you let people treat you how... What is, what is a, I don't know, I'm trying to say something insightful and I lost it, but it will come back Been there. another train. <laughs> Been there. It's, or yeah, okay, so it's people treat you how you let them treat you. Yeah. So if you open those doors, people might take advantage of mm-hmm. you. So I would rephrase it of how can you set those healthy boundaries for yourself and, you know, not check work email on the weekends, not do work on the weekends and frame it that people will respect you more for doing that mm-hmm. or, you know, or how can you like level it up in a different way or look at it from a different perspective instead of you have to prove yourself like no actually especially in the work climate right now Mm -hmm. like companies are struggling to find good employees so Mm -hmm. like just being confident that you're a good employee you're doing everything you need to be doing and Mm -hmm. you're doing a good job is enough that is plenty and then trusting yourself that that'll be enough and how you show up on a day-to-day basis monday to friday is all you need and gotcha. like contractually that's literally all you need like you are doing mm-hmm. your job monday to friday however 40 hours a week whatever it is for you right and like again our society has put it in our minds that we have to go above and beyond we mm-hmm. have to work come in early stay late to prove a point in order to get a promotion but it's like you're just dangling that carrot yeah. you know the stick with the carrot you're just like okay i gotta go for the next thing I gotta go 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 mm-hmm. but yeah what is that costing you in the short term mm-hmm. and then also in the long term gotcha now do you have have you found that within a particular industry that a client's trying to be in or a particular kind of goal are there certain ones that you find are the hardest are harder for them to break like say someone who's trying to run their business versus someone who's trying to um, live a healthier lifestyle or versus somebody who is simply trying to be more consistent with something Mm. like there's, do you find that there are certain goals or certain types of goals that tend to be a bit more rooted in difficulty? Was that redundant? Challenge. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I meant. That's what I meant. Yeah, no, that works. I don't know if there's like a specific one that really stands out because, yeah, I work with people in all different industries, all different careers, um, all different titles. And I think I guess it would come back to what we talked about earlier is that people learning to prioritize their well-being is usually the hardest Mm -hmm. because and I think it might be a millennial thing that we have this like overachieve. A lot of us have this overachieving and like perfectionism and people pleasing where we're always just doing for other people. So when it yeah. comes to that, like taking care of themselves, slowing down or their health or food, like any of that stuff can be more difficult because when work gets busy, it's the first thing to go is taking care of yourself. Right. Because work always comes first. Mm-hmm. So it's really like rehashing those priori- mm. priorities are the hardest. Yeah. All right. Well, I think it's time to move into some submissions Ooh. and see some stories. I don't ever, I typically, I should be in the habit of reading these more because sometimes the grammar is not quite on point, but, <laughs> but I do like to be surprised. Well, there has been one time where the surprise was a little dark, <laughs> but, um, oh boy. so we'll see what happens today. All right. <laughs> uh, let's see here. All right, so this seems like an interesting title here. Um, was the interview was this interview creepy or am I overreacting? Oh boy, 
First impressions are always great. Okay. So I had my final interview with a startup today. The interview was with the CEO. He's a 24 male and I'm a 22 female. During the interview, he asked me the usual what questions, uh, what questions do you have for me questions. So I asked about the long-term goals of the company and development of the role as the company grows. He answered about the growish growth portion, but then said, for example, there's another manager who looks just like you. She promoted very quickly. I say she looks like you because she's beautiful just like you. You should take it as a compliment. I got creeped out, understandably. Mm -hmm. He then asked me what my goals were. He said, for example, I want to grow this company X amount. I want to find a long-term girlfriend and buy a house. Okay. Uh, He said that about, um, he said, hold on. What? So then I said, I want to become a manager and in the very long term, a a director. And he said, yes, but how about your personal goals? Mm -hmm. Then I said, oh, well, I do blank for my hobby. I want to grow more in that skill. He says, no, like, how about your family goals? Then I said, what do you mean? He said, do you want to provide for your family, buy a house? Then I said, I do want to buy a house. Then I pretty much didn't ask any other questions because I really wanted to be done with the interview. Understandable. Um, yes. Am I overreacting or was this super creepy? I think it was super invasive. Yeah, that was so inappropriate. <laughs> like, I, I don't know what the laws are across the states, but I think kind of bare minimum was like, you can't delve into certain aspects of someone's non-professional oriented life. Right. Yeah. Like so, the, the beautiful thing was a big, big, big red flag. Mm-hmm. And then the family goals I'm like, is that illegal to ask that? Yeah. Like, again, like, I don't know the exact rules, but I know you can't ask about, like, being pregnant and uh-huh, things like that. Uh-huh, right. But it, it was close to that of, like, do you want to provide for your family? Like, right. What does that mean? It's like, honestly, when he she said family goals at first, I was like, is he, like, looking for a girlfriend while he's yeah, interviewing people? Yeah, that's what it like, sounds like. Like, he shouldn't have brought up, he's looking, he said, like, he's looking for a girlfriend and wanting to buy a house. Was that? He shared that in the interview? Yeah. Okay, also inappropriate. Like, <laughs> do not take this <laughs> job. Don't take the job. Uh, pretend like you never spoke to him. Who? Do, what is, mm, do not, find something else. Do not accept him on LinkedIn. Um, yeah, cut the cord. Cut the cord. Yeah, not yeah, worth it. Not okay. All right, is it wrong to ask for this? I work at a poorly managed hotel, been there. Management is rarely there. Regular staff is there more than they are. Ownership is peed, uh, pissed off. I never get weekends off. I had to fight and claw my way to the AM shift. I have seniority, and I am the lowest paid worker on the front desk area, but I am expected to work on all these projects. Am I going to be getting my kids? Uh, I'm going to be getting my kids every other weekend. I mentioned it a few days ago, and I was questioned why I needed it. Management might come by for two or three hours, but most of the time they are off. I like this hotel. It was great. It has great potential, and if it was properly ran, if there was structure and the backing of the staff, it wouldn't be a huge. Imp- <laughs> if there was structure and the backing of staff, it would be a huge improvement. I keep getting these signs. I need to leave, but it's not feasible at the time. What do you think of my request? I am tired of putting my job over my family. Well, if you don't get weekends off, when do you have off? Firstly, yeah. Um, I mean, granted, I was a concierge a couple of positions ago, and I mean, I got two days off a week, but they were like random and typically in the middle of the week. Yeah. So like Tuesday and Wednesday or Tuesday and Friday, I would get off. But um, no, I don't think that's wrong. Yeah. It's not really weekend off. I mean, especially right. if you're like uh, co-parent, not co-parenting, but like you've got like split um, custody. custody of the kids. Yeah. It sounds like it's a custody thing. So I'm like, especially if that's mainly the only time you get with your kids yeah that is your priority so 
make it make it known and if they can't compromise with that then i would recommend finding something else this is my wake call time my wake call music <laughs> um pre-employment drug test what if i have an r an rx i'm not sure what an rx is actually uh, prescription maybe oh or like medical marijuana Oh, or okay, we maybe. can listen, listen to the question. <laughs> wasn't there like there's wasn't there like an app called something RX where like you found like cheaper rates for good like over the counter good RX? There we go. So good. So I don't know. If, okay. So um, <laughs> hi all. I'm going through the hiring process for a job. I'm really excited for. I need to take care of pre-employment a pre a pre-employment drug test. All right. I don't use drugs, so I'm not worried about it. However, I do have a prescription for clonazepam. Clonazepam. Sure. For panic attacks. And I think that's one of the drugs they test for. I'm afraid this will hold up the hiring process and I won't be able to start uh, my expected start date. Has anyone experienced this before? Any advice on how to navigate this? Mm, interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that there were certain drugs I could test for that were like legal. Yeah. Like a prescription. I've never heard of that. That right. is a little bizarre to me and also a, a bit of a red flag for me if they're going to target you for having... Panic attacks? Yeah. Or like <laughs> any sort of mental illness where you need a drug like that seems very inappropriate again. Like, right. Is that even legal? That um, That's a good one too. And I wonder if it's, it's <laughs> if they test for that specifically or if there's a chemical in it that can be uh -oh. found in other illegal drugs. Right. But I also think like, I don't think there should be any issue with you letting them know, hey, I do happen to have panic attack so i do take this mm -hmm. um so i will let you know that if i take a drug test like this will show up and i can yeah. prove that i have a prescription yeah so that it's not like blindsiding you and you're like what is this right yeah. um but otherwise i that's yeah if it's and if it's yeah yeah i was gonna say the same like just be upfront with them mm -hmm. and that's something i've heard even actually with a manager who wasn't able to hire someone he really liked because he failed a drug test for marijuana and he said to me he's like if he would have just came to me before and be like dude I won't pass a drug test. He would have been okay with it, but because he didn't, he wasn't upfront with it, then yeah. they weren't able to do anything about it. Damn. So it's like, always be honest. That's always my recommendation. Honesty is the best policy. Honesty is the best policy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Any advice on getting a significantly higher paying job? Uh, 24 male currently feel very stuck at my job. Thanks. Uh, Things were going good, then I switched shifts and stagnated. I'm currently at $23.57 an hour, but I know I'm worth significantly more. First of all, I would love $23.57 an hour, I'm just saying. Um, I don't think it's realistic for me to get above $30 an hour at my current company. I've been working at a vacuum heat treat facility. I started at data in data entry, moved to a company-wide floater team lead, then back to data entry on a different shift. I see posts and stories all the time of people who are double their salary. How did you make that happen? How can I put myself in the right place, right time situation to get an offer? How do you get offers? I've been at this company for six years. I've only have I only have a high school degree, and going back to school is not really an option at the time. Mm, interesting. Hmm. What I keep hearing from people who are getting big raises is that they are shopping around at different jobs. Mm -hmm. So I'd say, first of all, do your research on like Glassdoor or whatever for, for rates and salaries and all of that and learn, you know, is it possible in your field? And it sounds like he might have already done that research. Yeah. So then you can, I keep hearing of people doing this, like you go somewhere else 
get interviewed, you get a new job offer that is way higher, and then you bring it to your current boss, be like, hey, I could leave and get this salary somewhere else or this yeah. rate. So can you match it or, you know, but you have to be ready to leave if you're going to do something like that. Right. But yeah. I, I keep hearing people having really good success with that, even mm-hmm. though I used to think it, you know, it sounded a little shady at first. But right. in this market, again, this is kind of what you have to do is know your worth and get yeah. paid your worth. Like, yeah. Yeah. I've even seen people talk recently about like how um, and I've been through I've had companies who put me through like five, six different interviews mm-hmm. for one job. And it's like it's a typical thing not to learn about even just that compensation until a couple of interviews uh, in. True. And I've seen a lot of people talk recently about how just like when they reach out to you, like if you're on Indeed, like you'll be reached out or like someone will say, we think you'd fit this job. Would you want to apply? And then they're like, ask them right then and then. How much does it pay? Yeah. Is it even worth my time to go yeah. to the interviews? Like what's the like, range or, you know. Like six interviews. Like that's so and much time. We could have fixed this two weeks ago. Let's not do that. Let's right. just be like, tell me if I even, let me know if I want to be here. Right. <laughs> and yeah. I'll prove to you that I should be here. Yeah, let's, let's, let's cross those I's and dot those T's early on. Yeah. And sure. it's usually HR that's reaching out and they're the ones that have those ranges at least. Mm-hmm. So it's like, give you an idea. And if they don't, well, then it's like, well, you probably don't have your stuff together. I probably don't want to work here anyway. Yes. So. Yes. Find somebody else. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, uh, paid holidays off questions. Hey there, I started a new job and was offered nine paid holidays and two floating holidays. The company recognizes the following nine holidays. New Year's, MLK, Memorial Day, Independence Day, Labor Day, Thanksgiving, after the Black Friday, uh, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Does this mean that I get all nine of these holidays off with pay even if I'm not scheduled to work that particular day? My schedule is Monday through Friday and every third Saturday. Thank you in advance. So they offer nine paid holidays. They recognize those nine holidays and two floating holidays. Mm, does this mean I get all nine of these holidays off with pay, even if I'm not scheduled to work that particular day? Yeah. I would think so. Yeah, I mean, I don't. if you're working Monday to Friday, I don't understand why you wouldn't be scheduled to work that day. Right. I guess that's a piece I'm a little confused on. But, yeah, paid holiday means you get paid to not be there. Right, and it seems like they've already... They already know what those nine paid holidays are going to be. So right. it sounds like you get 11 holidays. Just pick which sure. two you want, honestly. Yeah, the two floating ones. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and usually if it's like 4th of July is on a Sunday, usually they'll then give you like Monday off. Right. Does this mean that I get all nine of these holidays off with pay even if I'm not scheduled to work that particular day? That is a weird question within that. It's like, well, I think if you're not scheduled to work that day, it's because it's a holiday. No right. one's probably scheduled to work right. that day. Yeah, that's what I don't understand. I wonder if like, there's more to so, it. Like sometimes, unless you otherwise would be scheduled that day, which doesn't. Mm. I don't know. That's weird. Yeah. For the most part, I think you're you're good. We might need a part two. We might need a part two for that. <laughs> uh, this one says normalize not thanking companies for laying you off. What is that? Oh. Okay. Um, hard to believe, but today I got the call that I am part of the next layoff from IBM. Initially, I cried. It's not. It's hard to not think I could have done better. It's hard to realize it's not my work performance that is the case. Secondly, I don't want to leave IBM. I have learned so much in the security space and admire the hardworking people that I have met here. Thank you for this opportunity, IBM. Not exactly ready to step away. Lastly, I am now open to hashtag open to work. 
I appreciate any help from my network and hope to find a great opportunity for my next step in my career. Thank you in advance to anyone who likes comments or shares opportunities with me. You don't know how much I appreciate your assistance. Please feel free to reach out via LinkedIn or at, okay. It's a picture screen share, not a typed out thing, which is new. Um, (laughs) Wait, so normalized not thanking companies for laying you off. I don't think I've ever thanked a company for laying me off. (laughs) Right. Unless it's like, no, I don't think I've ever (laughs) thanked a company for laying me off. Right. Um, Now, granted, I've been told in the past, like, if you do get laid off, find a moment to, like, thank you, thank somebody for the opportunity, but, like, Mm. that's for the opportunity, not for the laying off part. Right. Yeah, it's just weird language again, but it's, like... Yeah, I see how people thank them for the, you know, the, all the things they've learned since working there and, like, the opportunity to have worked there. Right. And, like, it's one thing I think if it's, like, um, you've been through interviews, you've spoken mm. with people in person and they don't pick you for the job. I, I have a habit of, like, thanking them for the chance to speak with them in person. Yeah. So they get, like, a gauge of me in person, how I could be on the job. But eh, I'm not going to thank somebody for firing me. No, thank you. (laughs) Uh, Was I unprofessional here? So I've been at this job for a year and four months. I got a way better job offer yesterday, the city I went to college in. Where I work, there is only one HR lady. (laughs) When I work, where I work, there is only one HR lady's. That's weird. When I found out I was leaving, I went to her office. She had just left. The owner of the company, who is my supervisor, is off on Tuesdays. So I sent her and the owner a text message in the group chat by giving my two weeks notice. I then sent an email to my coworkers saying pretty much the same thing that was yesterday. They said I should have told them in person or called them. I explained why I didn't. The owner was off and I thought the HR lady was driving somewhere else they both asked me why i was leaving i told them i'm not currently happy living where i am today i went to speak with the owner of my on my accord since her and the hr were being a little hostile i told her sorry to find out that the way that she did and i explained i did it in the way i did because it was the it was time sensitive i also said thanks to everything and explained that i was leaving because i didn't have didn't like living where i was the owner chewed me out for giving him two weeks of the rest to the rest of the staff saying HR had to do saying HR had to do it. She implied it was unprofessional and that it would burn bridges. If I did that in future jobs, you need to watch the way you communicate where her exact words. I just said, sorry. And to, I, I just said, sorry to move on. Oh, to move on the conversation. Okay. I'm in my time where I saw HR sending that email, but I didn't think it was a big deal. The wording was off, but <laughs> okay. So I think the big thing here is that the owner and the HR lady didn't like how she submitted her two weeks, which seemed to be the only option she had at the time, especially if it was time sensitive. And I guess the owner didn't like her letting her coworkers know that she was putting her two weeks in, which I don't yeah. see an issue with that personally. Yeah, I guess that would be, I think the iffy part is sharing with everyone else before you've made it kind of official with like the owner. Or okay. Boss. Gotcha. Like I feel like they usually have to like ask to come through HR mm-hmm. cause you never know all the other things that may be changing. They may have to, I don't know, time, yeah. time it differently. Uh-huh. I don't know when I've left several jobs, it's always that they will announce it that I'm leaving. And usually right. sometimes I wait till like that day or they'll, you know, do a week out or something. 
but it's yeah there's always like you gotta think there's like a hundred million different moving parts on the back end that they're right. trying to manage too so like maybe someone else is leaving too gotcha. and they had to announce that so i think they're they're just like from a communication standpoint they want to be in control of the mm-hmm. message and i think that's the only iffy part but i think texting them because you couldn't get a hold of them they were off i think that's fine like, that's totally fine it's yeah you got to do what you got to do exactly at least you told them too well those are the right? submissions for today yeah. i really appreciate you being in here on a saturday again uh, yeah. got the caffeine in you so i think we were strong throughout <laughs> yes. the episode i had no caffeine obviously i'm still waiting for that first train to come back oh, i'm yeah. not even sure what that was about initially yeah. um before we hop off do you have any kind of last minute thoughts on how people should go about navigating their careers, how they should go about putting or delegating their time and their efforts into different facets of their personal life via their work life and what and how important having that kind of delegation is. Mm. I mean, again, this could be a whole whole conversation in itself or a whole episode in itself. Um, but I say what's, again, what's most important is like staying true to yourself and your values, what's most important to you and using that to help navigate your career, to help navigate your priorities and like what you focus on both on a day-to-day basis and a long-term basis. And mm-hmm. I think then you're, then you're good to go. And, and the other thing I, I thought of too for people earlier in their careers is just, you don't have to put yourself in a box of like, I am this one thing, mm-hmm. you know, people go to college and we were talking about this a little bit of like for one specific thing. And then if you don't get a job in that one specific thing, yeah. people tend to feel like they're a failure or something or something's wrong. It's like, maybe you can be multifaceted. That's okay. Right. Like yeah. you, can, you can have a lot of interest and do a lot of different things mm-hmm. and gain experience from one industry, go somewhere else. Like it's totally okay. So again, just kind of listening to yourself, what your needs are, your values are, your strengths are, and then using those for your decisions. Awesome. Well, I definitely want to have you in here again. You are definitely a very fun guest. And I think your, their avenue of your work is kind of the quintessence of the audience for this show. So I definitely want to have you in the chair again and kind of further delve into your work and, uh, speak on behalf of millennials and how they're trying to to engage their lives yeah um thank you again Brittany, for being here on saturday i really appreciated you spending some time with me and giving some really honest and great feedback to the audience and delving into your work which i think is fantastic again uh head over to hellovelocity.co if you want to check out uh britney and look into her her work she's got an awesome blog there check it out she's also got a lot of resources for you to make use of Mm -hmm. um i'll connect with her and i will list her preferred follow methods on the description if you're and uh, YouTube and watching this on YouTube. Otherwise, give us a follow and give us a like and we will see you next time. Yeah, thanks for having me.